So we've talked about Alaka and how that's really grown you, but we're going to just back it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So back it up, Terry. Yep. <laughs> and go back to your testimony again. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit about, at least off screen, off recording, mm -hmm. about how your brother's a big part of your testimony. So let's yep. just kind of talk about your testimony and your brother. Yeah. So I explained how um, how I grew up in the church and how... It wasn't really growing up in the church, even though we, we just went every Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, but my my parents um, and my my dad, I would I would focus on my dad is is a super impactful um, thing in my testimony because my dad he was distant. Mm -hmm. um, my, I never seen my dad pursue my mom, um, in regards to like showing her love. I don't, I don't feel like I could remember times where that was evident. Um, and so my dad was super, uh, distant from us as well. So he, uh, I don't remember him like taking out, us out to do a lot of things and doing like what, um, the typical dad does like mm -hmm. playing sports with your kids or or just hanging out with them my dad would come home from work and he would um either go on the computer or watch tv and then he would like instantly fall asleep like right after that and then he would have to wake up um early in the morning for work again so not having my dad in my life like super um like he's there, but he's not really impacting yeah. you when you're growing up. That that caused me to focus more and more on following my brother, mm -hmm. my older brother, who's four years older than me. Um, his name's Caleb. Um, so I I followed Caleb in everything he did. Um, I followed him in the the friends he hung out with. We would like I was able to hang out with them together and it wasn't like they wouldn't kick me out of the room just because <laughs> I was four years younger than them but but it was cool because I I was friends with my brother's friends mm -hmm. um we would play video games um like a, a lot and that's a, where a lot of our our friendship comes from um um you know, fighting and wrestling with each other. We got Hulk hands for Christmas, and we, like, tore them <laughs> things up. Um, uh, sports, you know, playing with our, our neighbors on the block um, was something that my brother was, um, he brought me into. Um, so I was just really really connected with my brother for the first you know or, or the beginning of my childhood um and even in the bad things you know I followed my brother mm -hmm. um thinking like fourth grade uh he found this like cigarette from my aunt you know on the ground it was like mostly smoked and he was like all right we're gonna smoke this he smoked it all, and then he passed it to me, and I I took a puff of it, and I nothing was there because he just smoked it all, <laughs> and so I I was following him and participating in it, but not really, 
So I think of that as a time where God has God really was protecting me in that yeah. time. Because if it was them and if there was more uh, left of that cigarette, I would have smoked it. Because I was just so um, so trusting in my brother. I was just following him and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was God really looking out for me, I think. Um, follow him in drinking alcohol. Um, he stole some wine coolers from this Christmas party, and I was like 12 years old. And uh, we came back home, and like I still believed in Santa Claus, so I'm like, we're drinking alcohol before Santa's going to show up to the, to the house. And, uh, you know... I didn't get drunk or anything. It was just a little, you know, a few sips of wine cooler. But, like, I felt guilty. I felt guilty drinking that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that's what I, I followed him in doing. Um, of course, like, going to church, like, I followed him in just making jokes and, and just being distracting and rambunctious during services and like you you know you see those kids at church that are just dying laughing yes and cannot stop for the life of them during church service unfortunately i have been that and i'm like times. me and my brother were those kids like uh i remember falling asleep in church all the time um man them pews at first church of god were pretty comfortable um but like even times of like falling asleep on my hands mm-hmm. and like my mom or somebody would tap me on the shoulder and try to wake me up and I would I would be like I would look at them and I'm like I'm praying. <laughs> so that was just me lying, me wow. being totally depraved in that time of just lying about praying to God just so that they wouldn't get mad at me for sleeping. Um, so in this time, I, I was a people pleaser. I wanted to please everybody. So I would do pretty much everything, anything to, to please everybody. I wanted to be loved by everybody too. Mm -hmm. And I still think like I have that. So when somebody said like, somebody's like, oh, they don't like Jared. I get kind of like, Oh yeah, I'm like, oh, they don't like me. Why though? Like, <laughs> like I'm pretty awesome. I'm such a great person, you know. <laughs> Not really, but so like, I don't know. That's just my pride that that's you know still kind of in my life. But you know, again, I was talking about how the youth in church was super boring and yeah. not really a time where you know nothing impactful happened in my walk with Christ. Um, Yeah, talking about my new pastor coming in and how he kind of started to change things. Mm -hmm. Um, He uh, he led the youth group um, for a period of time before the youth pastor would come. And I just remember attending that. And I mean, God was working in my life in that time. Like, at least I was there, not, you know, at home playing video games on Wednesday nights. But I was, you know, at church or at my pastor's house when they would have youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, throughout middle school and into my high school years, um, this is when my brother started to 
go down this path of um, just doing wrong things. He he would smoke cigarettes, and that would lead to marijuana. And he was just super, um, like he di- he dove headfirst into that lifestyle, um, and that would eventually move up to taking pills and doing heroin, and you know. I I think I was smart enough, at least God, you know, made me smart enough to be like, that's not a life I want to live. Yeah, not really. That's, so I'm thankful for the example of my brother, mm-hmm. the awful example, and how that really um, allowed me to never do drugs. Mm-hmm. Never smoke cigarettes, um, because I'm so against it now too. Like, I'm I'm gonna be a cop. I'm I'm I graduated from college with a degree in law enforcement. So that's that's how like that that time in my life was super impactful to even now. Um, mm-hmm. So with my brother doing drugs. He needed money for drugs, so he would uh, steal my video games, and he would trade them in for literally pennies on the dollar just to get the next high. So, wow. like, like I, I literally, when I was young and petty, I added up, like, I kept track of what he owed me. And I was not, like, letting go. Thankfully, that notepad of wrongs against me is now deleted. And, you know, I, he doesn't owe me anything anymore because I just don't care about all the, the petty things. But, you know, he stole a lot from me and, went, like, like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And that's a lot to, like, a teenager because I'm mm-hmm. like, I can go and buy more video games with that, you know. Um and he he even stole from um, my parents. Um, he would write these checks out to his name, just giving him mo- money and money and money. Mm-hmm. And that impacted me as well because I wanted to go on this trip to Quebec for my French class. And my parents didn't have enough money because she just found out my brother's been gradually taking on, uh, money from their account over the past couple of months. So that really, really just ignited ignited this hate in my heart for my brother mm. and a hate for drugs, a hate for this lifestyle that he was living. And, you know, I really, really did not like my brother. Um, you know, I would literally snitch on him at all costs, you know, at every time just because you know, I didn't like him and what he was doing. Um, And this was definitely, you know, a very prominent sin that I, like, didn't realize when I was young because I'm like, I am so justified in my anger towards my brother because of what he did. But now I realize, like, I realize how much that, that hate in my heart was totally against God's will for my life. and uh yeah so right when that was happening right when he was going down that lifestyle um 
I mean, there was a time where, like, I was tempted into going into this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, Early in high school, all my friends smoked weed. All my friends lived a similar lifestyle. So I was like, I don't want to feel like the, the odd man out, the only person that, you know, hasn't done any of this. So my mom was at worship practice. And um, my brother and a few of his friends were at the house, and we were the only people there. And he rolled up a blunt, and we were smoke. They were smoking it and passing it along, and they passed it to me. And I had it in my hand, and I was, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I was gonna smoke it. But this intense conviction you know, came over me is that like, my mom's at worship practice, you know, praising Jesus. And I'm about to smoke weed with my, you know, degenerate brother, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I refused it and I passed it along. And, you know, I never really thought anything of that moment. I was just like, oh, you know, I refused it because I felt bad, but I haven't done drugs to this day. Like that, that moment was meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, you know, God providing in that time, God of preventing me from going maybe down that path. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like the timing of that moment. And when Chad Dillard came into our, our church to be a youth pastor, that was pretty like pretty smooth transition from following my brother and then you know, him doing all those stupid things and me just developing this hate for him. And then Chad Diller coming along to be that replacement of who I'm going to follow. Him being a Christian man who loves the Lord and just showing me, you know, a better lifestyle. And he, he did all the things that my brother did. Well, not necessarily all of them, but he lived a lifestyle similar to that. He, he knew you know, what, what comes of that lifestyle and, and God took him out of it. And so him just teaching me, you know, more and more about, um, you know, how God works in our lives. Like this is when I truly understood what the gospel, you know, of Jesus was and, and all this important stuff. I have a few verses of, of what I really remember from you know, being in youth group, um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So, I can't boast for this. I can't boast that I'm, I can't boast in myself that I'm not on the same path as my brother. Mm-hmm. I can't boast because it is not of myself, but it is, again, God looking out for me, God leading me to a better path. Um, So I realized, like, it's grace, more and more about God's grace and how undeserving we are of it, but it's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a free gift that he freely gives. We don't have to earn it. So that really 
worked in me throughout my growing up. Um, another verse from Ephesians uh, 2, 1 through 3. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of, po- of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom all we among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. This was the hate in my heart, the the pride, like how against God I was in that time. Even being like going to youth group, Mm-hmm. Like, just the, you know, the wrongs that I was doing throughout those, that period of eight or so years that, that really, you know, God was slowly chipping away at me to follow him. Um, and then First Timothy one fifteen through 16 The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. That's, you know... I'm just as bad of a sinner as my brother is. Even though the church may tell me that, you know, my brother's far off and that that I am better than him, but he did drugs, I had hate. Um so sin is sin no matter what it is. Yeah. Sin is sin. And you could even say, like, I could even say I believed hate was far, like, I believe hate is far worse now than than any of that stuff. Like, hate is so, um, you know, it, it weighs down on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then First John 4.10, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So, the only reason we're able to love is because Christ loved us first. And and the sacrifice that he did on the cross. Mm -hmm. That my sins have made me so unworthy of this grace, so unworthy of this salvation that Christ offers but the free gift that he offered to me, he's just talking out there about me. But, um, yeah, I was I was just so undeserving of it, and that's just the love, the the immense love that God has shown. That's the gospel we were talking about. Yep. That while we were still sinners, God, who knew no sin, came down and became sin mm-hmm. itself for us. Yep. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for the sins of haters. 
liars, drug addicts, thieves, murderers. Perfect little churchgoers. Perfect little churchgoers, yeah. It's it's something that doesn't make sense to any person outside of, you know, any person that doesn't read scripture. Mm-hmm. It, it still might not even make full sense to Christians of of God, you know, being so selfless. I mean, we're selfish by nature, yeah. and it's so different to us. Like, a love that would come down and die on a Roman instrument of torture for mm-hmm. people that were rebelling against him. Like, yeah. that's the God of the universe, and that's the God that died. Yeah. And he's a God that doesn't make sense, but yep. definitely. Yeah, Jesus Christ did all that, and we're scared to go out and share the gospel to <laughs> this old lady sitting on a bench or something like that. You know, it seems a little crazy, huh? Yeah. Um. So all those biblical truths working in my life, you know, led me to be baptized when I was 18 years old. Um. And again, we talked about how baptism really didn't change anything in my life. I still struggled with, uh, you know, pornography, my pride. I mean, hate was really like teetering on, like, like not as prevalent as it was um, when I was younger. But um, you know, God was just slowly chipping away at me. He was working in me. He was um, putting me in positions that I felt like I was super, um, you know, unqualified for, but but them being something that would grow me, that would, you know, push me to have a closer relationship with God, to have better understanding of what, you know, what God says in Scripture. Um Again, I've talked about my pride. Um, so my best friend had a girlfriend, and he just got her instantly like that. And, like, in this time, friend groups, like, like they all focused on that. Like, hmm. if you have a girlfriend and all this stuff. So I was like, huh, in order to prove myself worthy of being around these friends, I must, you know, I might, I need a girlfriend. I need to, I need to prove myself um, as like, I'm not this, you know, <laughs> weird, weird person that's incapable of, of, you know, getting anybody. So I, uh, I ended up getting a girlfriend and this relationship went on for about a year it was stupid. It was not God glorifying. Um, like unequally yoked too. Like <laughs> she came to church and everything, but I really wasn't seeing any fruit from that. And so, definitely don't flirt to convert. <laughs> That's one of the things that I'm I'm telling to every young young man, young boy. That, that I'm able to speak into their lives is like, didn't work out for me. It didn't work out for any of my mentors. So don't do it. Um, so uh, 
Yeah, I randomly broke up with her, too, about, like, a little after our one-year anniversary, just because I was like, I'm not going to marry this girl. This girl, um, you know, at the time, I didn't see Christ really, like, you know, growing inside of her. I didn't see any, like, passion for what she was learning in youth group or going to Sunday church. So I was like, I'm just going to cut it off. I'm going to save us the the pain of wasting more and more of each other's time. Mm-hmm. So even though it was very abrupt, I felt like it was something good for her and good for me. Um, so, uh, yeah, that happened. It was stupid. Um, As what happens with you when you're young and you're yeah. young relationships and you're just getting someone because you oh, I need someone because all my friends have one. Yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Um, so at this time, um, I'm in college at mm-hmm. UW Parkside in, in Wisconsin, and I'm going to be, I'm going for criminal justice law enforcement. Um, you know, again, I, I explained of kind of where my passion, you know, came to be for this career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still have that passion now. Um, you know, throughout this time, I was working at a hospital cafeteria, serving up food. Um, and I was, like, like I didn't feel like I was, like, I wasn't in the Word as much as I, I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think I prayed as much as I wanted to be, but God was still, like, using me. I was sharing the gospel with all my coworkers. Mm-hmm. My one of my coworkers, he called me uh, Sister Christian. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I think it was from some movie he watched, and like, um, I was able to to just, you know, share the truth with like a few of my coworkers. Like, like a few of them struggled with homosexuality, um, and I was able to to just share the love of Christ in that sin and I was like dude you struggle with that I'm a liar I'm I'm a prideful person I do all this terrible stuff like we're no different like mm-hmm. so I was able to just not be judge like like not be judgmental like yeah just show the actual Christianity and not the judgmental Christianity just being like because so often the church, like, we bash people over their head for their sins, mm-hmm. and we're like, you are condemned, you're going to burn in hell. But, like, just being a loving and lovable Christian, yep. you know? Just being someone that's like, you know, mm-hmm. you wrestle with sin, but so do I, and my sin's not greater than yours. Yeah, yeah so a few of my coworkers, one of my, uh, one of them is, like, really you know, feels like she's pursuing God and um, I could see how much, you know, you know, God has worked in her life. Um, Her daughter has come to my youth group as well. Um, So that's super, like, encouraging to actually see, like, 
the seed that you planted be able to be able to grow and I'm like I know like I didn't grow that either like that's only God because like I'm cooking food and making food or whatever and I'm just slowly sharing the gospel with her and and what God's doing in my life Mm -hmm. and she she looked at that and she was like I guess I want that life too and God God worked in her and God's um you know growing her relationship um and it's super awesome to see now um so yeah i mentioned i have a youth group um like i was super involved in the youth group Mm -hmm. um and you know a little later on my uh youth pastor chad he would um eventually step down from being the youth youth pastor and he moved out to Oregon. Um, so I there, there was a role that needed to be filled. And, you know, even that I looked at it that way is that it's like, it's a role that needed to be filled. God still was able to, to use me um, and Javon and um, Michaela and other friends, my, my best friend Jonah, in leading those kids in sharing the truth with them and just being being there for them because we knew how much we needed a positive influence in our lives at that young age to to kind of take um the spotlight off of what their peers were doing in high school so we didn't want them to just not have a youth group anymore yeah and give up on them um and God really, really was able to use that year or so of us leading youth group, of us just being dedicated to these kids, even though, you know, I, w- I was a college student, full-time college student, full-time worker, and I was leading a youth group. And, like, we we literally fit that into our schedule, and, and God made it work. Um, I also was involved with you know, campus life ministries, what, um, where I met Mike, the camp director of Alaka at, he was the, um, director of the chapter at my high school Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, how they were able to, to bring a lot of people, um, to that event through like free pizza (laughs) and whatever. And so like over that time, yeah, that, that really, you know, um, through my relationship with Christ, so I was like, I'm gonna do this too. So, um, me and my best friend Jonah, we um, helped out with campus life ministries at um, the middle school that we both went to, um, and it didn't last a super long time because, again, that middle school isn't a middle school anymore. Yeah. Um. So. Um. And also, disciples today. Um which was kind of a, a Bible study at college um, that one of my coworkers invited me to. And, and I was able to meet, you know, another um, strong Christian leader that was able to mentor with me. And he was like super like, he, he greeted me the first day we came. And then after that, he was like, hey, if you want to do like one-on-ones with me at all, like, you know, we can go out. So, you know, he like opened that door of just being super intentional and focused on like my walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, we went, we did one-on-ones for, for a couple of months and that really like impacted me as well through, throughout. It really filled me up because he was teaching me and I was teaching, you know, students at my youth group throughout this teaching, this learning phase of my life being poured into by all these mentors Again, like my mentor Chad, he he left for Oregon, mm-hmm. and this was when my uh, best friends Caitlin and Dakota, um, they decided to go to um, Montana Wilderness School of the Bible mm-hmm. in Montana, and then they were there for a year, and then they um, accepted a position at Alaska, um, and so them also leaving. Um, Mike and Timmy um so a few of my like I didn't have that mentorship anymore and so it kind of pushed me to um you know make my faith my own not not relying on my pastor not relying on my best friends not relying on my mentors but relying on you know the holy spirit and what um you know he is going to do in my life not just following along and following with whatever they want to do um and whatever ministries they're involved in but you know seeking out the plan that God has for myself um and so throughout this time so <laughs> throughout this time um I began to, uh, you know, get feelings for this girl who's a Christian and she was just on fire for God. And um, she, um, we were very close friends. And um, I, in, you know, having conversations with her now, I I failed to pursue her. Um and that was one thing that that she, you know, desired of of her husband was for somebody to pursue her. And I'm like, yeah, like the example that my father, you know, laid for before me was not the right example to follow. Mm-hmm. And like now I know this. Like, now I've learned from that experience. And, like, things never ended up working out between us. And, and we're trying to, you know, continue to be friends. And, you know, I can just see how much, you know, God's sovereign plan for my life worked through that time, worked through that um, situation. And uh, right before that situation, right before, like, like she quote-unquote rejected me or or said no or just like the holy spirit wasn't leading us to be together um Mm -hmm. like i had this trip planned um that was you know i've always wanted to go out and travel when i graduated high school yeah so i i had it planned but not really planned and like i was working um armed security at a construction site And so just this perfect opportunity rose was I graduated in December. I got laid off in December Mm -hmm. and I just got like, you know, rejected by this person that I thought like I was going to, you know, plan my whole life out with. And 
feel like this was y'all just being like, you know, you need to depend on me. Like, so I went on this trip um, out west and uh, living in the back of my grandpa's van and just truly depending on God, just seeking him out in everything. Um, and also going to see some very beautiful places. I went, you know, down the coast of California. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we talked about how, you know, this was when I made my decision to come out to Alaska for the summer. Yeah. So I I was in Idaho. And so just the plans of, of, of the provision of God leading, leading me through that time and then providing me the next steps. So when I came back home, the, the job that God placed in my life for that period of time in between Alaska, um, you know, third shift security job, um, I didn't do anything. Like I had all the time in the, in the world to do um, whatever I wanted. And for like the, this period of time, you know, this is when coronavirus happened and you couldn't go out anywhere. Yeah. So I was just super lonely. And I, I I also got like really depressed in this time just because I'm like, I guess like, like I thought God had a plan for me, you know, and like I was thinking about what happened between, between me and this girl. And, uh, and I was just depressed, but I was still reading my word. Like I was still praying to God. I was just relying on him. I was praying for hours in, in the middle of this empty hospital in at midnight. And just throughout this time, this was God, you know, strengthening me to be independent as well. Mm-hmm. And so eventually this internship comes up long awaited too. It felt like forever. Because I'm doing, I'm living the same day over and over again, going to work, you know, reading my Bible work, then going home and sleeping because third shift makes you tired. Yeah, that's like night shift. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm so excited to come out to Alaska. And then Javon, a good friend of mine, he, he like, he was interested at like the earlier, like around March and then like randomly a few weeks before we're going to go. Or before I'm gonna go, he's like, I'm gonna go. He's like, I, I like, I really feel like God's leading me to come out here. So we go, we drive out, um, and again, I explained of what happened during this summer of how much I grew, and you know, my intern. So we, I'm a college intern, and we have a high school intern. Mm-hmm. You know. I really felt super connected with my high school intern. Um, my high school intern, his name is Layton. Um, he goes to Clearwater Valley High School, and he's 16 years old. And our testimonies are pretty close, like like in regards to our brothers. Mm-hmm. Like, literally crazy. My brother's name is Caleb. His brother, his name is Caleb. His four. brother's four four years older than him. My brother's four years older than me. And they both have struggled with drugs. And just the God pairing us together 
um, me being able to to share my testimony with him because I'm a little further along in reconciling with my brother because my brother is now two years clean and uh, and his brother's still kind of going through it. Um, just God using me to to pour into him. Um, we we just became super close too. Like we were friends. We weren't like forced to be with each other for the summer like interns, but we were like we were friends. Yes. So that was just God really, um, really providing in that time too, giving me the ability to be a mentor, um, using me to speak into his life. And he came in during the summer. Um, he was like kind of on the fence. He's like, you know, I feel like I'm at like this crossroads or whatever. Like, like it's it's now or never in regards to giving his life to Christ, and. You know, he said that I completely forgot about that. And at the end of the summer, like I can see how much God worked in him. Like, like all the glory of Layton's growth goes to God um, because like he, he had this, you know, maybe you could say surface level view of the gospel as well. And just him being poured into by me and all the leads here, um, really like got him that understanding and uh at one of the um days that he could share at his church the life center um he he went up there he was called up there kind of on the spot and he had to share like how much alaka impacted him Mm -hmm. and he he literally like the holy spirit was speaking through him um he was sharing the gospel with them. He was just sharing everything amazing that happened and how, and and he wasn't like, he wasn't boasting in himself at all. He was always giving the glory back to God. He was always, you know, boasting in what Jesus has done. And so that really like impacted me as well. I'm like, wow, like, like God used me. And I know, like that didn't come from me. Okay. <laughs> like I'm, I know I can't, I can't make somebody talk like that, make somebody think like that. Mm-hmm. And it was all God just working in him, and that was really impactful. Um, so now, after this internship's over, I feel like really called to to, you know reconcile with my brother um Mm -hmm. we haven't really had like good conversation for like the past you know eight ten years or so like it's always been like just small talk surface level stuff so i feel like i'm gonna i'm gonna go back and just reconcile things share him like what like how impactful he was was in my testimony and how, like, I ultimately forgive him. And that is only because Christ, you know, forgave me for the things I've done. I can't forgive you on my own because I had hate in my heart. Mm-hmm. And it's only by the gospel that I'm I'm able to forgive him. And in, in sharing that with him, I, I hope and I pray that he can uh, come to know the Lord and and to surrender his life to the true king and also sharing this with my dad because he you know even though he's attended church my entire life he 
still like doesn't have this desire, doesn't have this passion to pursue God. So just sharing with him also the impact that he had on my testimony, sharing with him the true gospel. Um, because I know he's been shared the true gospel, but it hasn't come from his son. Hmm. Like how much more meaningful is that for for his own son to be sharing the love of Christ, the truth with him, and, and you know, how God can use that. Um, so I'm just praying that, like, I, I have confidence and that it's not awkward because it's like, I haven't talked with my brother meaningfully for many, many years, and yeah. just to come back and just to, to, to show him the love of Christ, I, you know, I'm relying on the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. throughout all those conversations, throughout talking with my dad and my brother. Um, and, you know, after that, it's wherever, you know, Christ leads me to be. If, I, if I'm able to get a job in my career field as a law enforcement officer or if God has other things planned for me, um, I'm very confident that I'll be able to, surrender the desires of my flesh um, for God's plan for my life. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing and for just telling your story. I There's a lot that I could like resonate with, like growing up in the church and stuff, but like there's a lot to be learned from it too. Like, because like ultimately we're just learning to lay down ourselves constantly and to be more and more like God and just relying and like, it's just inspiring. Like, you have peace. You know, mm -hmm. you're not, like, 100% sure what's happening with your life. Yeah. It's just having peace in that. Because, like, it's definitely a season where God has kind of brought me right now. I'm not exactly sure where I'm going next or mm -hmm. what is exactly happening. And it's just, like, learning to have peace in that. And it's going to work out. And it's, like, stressing me out. But, like, yeah. the Lord is working and he's going to He's gonna figure it all out. And mm -hmm. it's not something I need to stress about. I just need to focus on that yeah. step right there. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll close us with a scripture or you can close after that, but I just want to leave with some scripture that I've really been able to cling on to within my, like my college years of, of growing in Christ and also this internship. Um, so the first passage I'm going to read is from first Peter one, three through seven, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then Titus 3, 3 through 7, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hated and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness 
of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. Amen. And I'll just pray in closing. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for Jared and for his story and just working with him and through him and all of that. Nominal Christianity can be ever so deadly sin. And for just reaching down and showing him that there is value in going deeper and that even though his brother has struggled, that there is a need for reconciliation and that it's possible and healing him enough to bring him to the point where that is something that could happen. And just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Tune in next week. Bye.